podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, If you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov slash careers. See yourself here. Good afternoon, it's your Wednesday afternoon bulletin and my name's Kevin Graham and I'm joined by James McKenzie on what is another roasting day in central Scotland. James, how are you getting on? Uh, I should be at the back with a couple of beers but maybe it might, you might even see us better sitting here talking about Celtic but we'll make it what we will. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stopped you sitting at the back with a couple of beers <laughs> actually doing acts on, but we're only going to be here. We're, we're only going to be here for an hour, so you're not, you're not going to miss much of the sunshine. Hopefully, um, what, what I decided today is because, like, the game was covered on Monday by, by Colin and Paul, then Declan and the lads yesterday kind of wrapped up the game. So we get to Wednesday, we get to the hump day, and you're like, we're having to go, we're having to go to. Uh, a game to actually speak about the Sunday. Sunday right. some Sunday seems seems so 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 far away. Uh, so I, I just thought, well, we're now six, seven weeks into the new season. We're in, we're into the we're into the pre past pre-season, we've had two domestic games. And I just wondered uh, this is lazy journalism, complete and utter lazy journalism for for me. See how websites and papers go to that. Three things that we've learned from the games. Three things that we've learned about, like, hang on. So I, I sent you a wee message, God. Somebody who's a culprit uh, publishing those articles in the past. I'll just keep my mouth shut. I'll just keep my mouth shut. Oh, well, I didn't mean that, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I published these type of articles in the past. Um, but it seems to be a trope, eh? <laughs> it seems to be, I publish what, what, what these articles, and, and they must get hits. Folk must like them. Yeah. Just because I don't even... It's leading to a sort of, new, sort of a list sort of thing. People are a sucker for lists. Things are sort of ranked, so people always love that. Just because I don't read them, eh? Doesn't mean to say that they're not popular, eh? I mean, I, I like a lot of things that are not popular, but there we go. Eh, so, I say, put three things we learned for pre-season and the first couple of games. 
And it came up with a tagline there, the remarkable rise of Greg Taylor under Ange Postacoglu. One of the things that I had, uh, that I had written down, James, was basically uh, we are seeing internal improvement for players that were there last season, and I think that's fairly obvious. And what was your point on Greg Taylor, which kind of uh, ties in with that? Well, mine was, I thought Burnaby, I had really high hopes from when we signed him, but he's not really had as much a look in as maybe I thought. So I've had written down here, Burnaby maybe further off the first team than we initially thought, but that could just be a testament to Greg Taylor's quality, which again links to the internal improvement of players in the club. Aye, uh, the, the, the husband internal improvement. What I'll say, everybody, it's in the in the comment section just now. There's over two hundred watching live. Please like and subscribe. Uh, please like and subscribe. Um, also, I want your what have you learned about Celtic in the first couple of weeks of the season that has surprised you, or you didn't expect to learn about Celtic? I mean, it saves me doing the work. If you've come in with decent points, we can discuss that because I never prepare anything. I mean, I'm just, I'm just lazy. I'm, 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 I'm like just the Christopher Julian of trying back and stuff like that. Uh, right, Greg Taylor. Uh, Cash Awesome was the first, was the first comment. I wonder how you're going to spin the remarkable rise yet. See how you've always rated him. I've always rated Greg Taylor and Crash. You can go back through the the archives, the hours and hours and hours of footage in the archives, and you'll see. I actually predicted Greg Taylor would be a future Celtic captain eighteen months ago. I've always rated Greg Taylor. Yes, yes. There's some other contributors on Axon have yeah. not rated Greg Taylor, and and James is probably one of them. My he is one of them. I've, I've it, it, always. I've always said, in the time I've been on, the few sort of months, weeks I've been on, I said that I think he's sort of too small for European football, which, again, we still need to see. But the Bodo-Gunt game was one that sort of screamed out at me. But then after that, he sort of played two really solid performances against Rangers. So hopefully those can try and steer him in good stead for playing the European games this season. But again, we'll just need to see how things go in the Champions League. If he plays anything like he's played domestically, then he's going to play brilliantly. And transit makes that point, James. Greg Taylor has come on leaps and bounds. Question: Is he is he good enough for Europe? We can't answer that. We can't answer that question at the moment because we're not playing European qualifiers, so we don't know how much the internal improvement has actually been. But I think we've actually seen domestically in the two games that there has been improvement in Greg Taylor's understanding of the left back role that Postacoglu wants him to do, and Celtic are extremely dangerous going down the left hand side in the first two domestic games. Of the season, so we can o- we can only judge on the domestic games. The European question will be answered soon enough in a competition that is. I was having a look at the pots the other night there, and it's utterly frightening. There's no in anybody in pot three. I could go. That's a gimme uh, in pot yeah, three. There's no, there's no easy draws. It's no. just the way f- the footballs went nowadays. Ever since the Neymar transfer for what was it, close to three hundred million. And the Premier League money, everybody's been spending money left, right and centre, which when you've been out of Champions League for so-and-so how many years, everybody's moving forward. There's no easy sort of teams anymore. No, no, no there's no easy teams there. Eh? And that, that's a question that's going to be answered over September and October. 
whether this team's good enough for Europe or not. And I'm not going to, it's, it's going to be a question that is going to be answered. I would still say my, my thinking at this precise moment in time, James, is this is a, this is a team still in, still in progress. And if the Champion League proves to be a step too far for us this season, uh, and we're talking about just making a decent fist there. We're not talking about winning the bloody hangman because we know that's like we, we would not, we're not going to get anywhere near winning it, especially when your chairman says we can't compete in it. But I think if I think we still have to keep it in the back of our mind, no matter what improvement we see, we're still in we're, st- we're still in transition. We're still building a side. If you if you look at our neighbours across the water, uh, it took them four years of virtually having the same side to get to a European final. Yeah, well, there's a lot of work to do, especially considering how long we've been out of the Champions League. I don't think we've been out since old Rodgers last season. He was in the Europe League since Rodgers' second season. And even when Rodgers were managing us in Europe, we got absolutely hammered 90% of the time. But since then, there's been a few sort of the, the team's sort of breaking the niche that it's only the bigger teams in the Champions League. I've seen teams like Ajax get into the Champions League semi-finals. Monaco got there. Teams like Porto, Atalanta, um, Villarreal have been getting really far in the Champions League. So that should just give Celtic all the hope in the world that they can go far and try and push on and sort of make a splash for ourselves in the Champions League. So I'd amazed to be seen where it'll be done. This remains to see... It does remain to be seen if, if it will be done. It's a competition that sometimes I think we get blinded by the utter riches that the club earns and the club see it as a profit-making um, exercise, which will fund, which, especially under the last regime, funded years of failure. Uh, a couple of years in the Champions League and we could actually no qualify for four because they basically made so much profits. And I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be like that. I want to go in and make a decent fist to every competition that we go in. But Ian Matheson makes a comment: Are we not one? Of, are we? Are we not one of of the not easy teams? Do you think there's anybody looking at pot four going like that? I don't want Celtic. To be honest with you, no. I, 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 I can see teams looking at Celtic and they're saying, oh, I would take them, just because of how we've been in Europe. And we've given ourselves that image over the last few years when in sort of the early 2000s to the late 2000s, we were, teams were scared to come and play against us. Teams like Manchester United under Sag Ferguson were coming to Celtic Park and we were beating them. And we've completely lost that image due to the board's lack of ambition over the last few years. But... We need to try and restore that image of Celtic Park again in the European eye. It is, and I agree with you. Again, we should maybe disagree, but I agree with you. I think anybody in the pots one to three will look at pot four and go, I fancy Celtic, as you say, just because of the recent record. And also, as well as a novelty factor that they get to play at the absolutely fabulous Celtic Park on a Champions League night, which is so renowned over Europe, and they'll come and enjoy it. But I didn't want them to come and enjoy it. I want them to come and actually get a bit of doing. I want yeah, them to, to, want them to, to get a game, eh? We need to make Celtic Park a stadium that European teams are scared to come to again. Like, remember when Real Betis came over in the Europa League? I know it was a dead rubber game, but there was fans swapping scarves with them at half time. 
when I'm, I'm pretty sure the game was level. Like, come on. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about battering the away fans and that, mate. No, I I'm just, not, I'm not like that, just want a team like. <laughs> I'm talking about mate. Celtic Park, the a stadium. Like people are scared to come to. Teams don't want to come here. Make it as loud as we possibly can. We don't want to be friendly. We don't want to be pushovers. No, we didn't want it to be friendly and pushovers, but we didn't want to make it a place where folk will fear fans. Because we're going to lob bottles and that at them and, and, and stuff like that. Eh? I mean, yeah, I'm not talking about that, obviously. <sighs> Urban, come on, mate. And uh, Kevin, what if Chelsea come to town? Well, if anybody s- swaps a Chelsea scarf with somebody, then they deserve everything that's coming their way. That's all I'll say. I mean, uh, uh, that wouldn't. Uh, you've got Chelsea, Ajax, Hamburg, with not, not a couple of other clubs that would probably appear. And uh, you'll be seeing Hamburg in a European competition anytime soon. I can know. I just mentioned Hamburg off the top of my head there. Eh? I'm, I'm sure Hamburg turned up with Copenhagen a couple of years ago when Copenhagen uh, arrived at Celtic Park. But aye, there, 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 there will be there, there will be a couple of like teams that you that you won't like their supports, like Atletico Madrid, there's history with Atletico Madrid and stuff like that. Eh? There's other ones that would be a perceived loving like Liverpool and, and stuff like that. Uh, Man United in the Champions League. Are Man United in the Champions League? I don't think they've got any European don't football know. this season. I don't no. think they've got anything. I think any English team bar Liverpool would be tested. I think because yeah. you, you, you would get the you would get the whole the hypermeter would come out there, and Monty rightly comes in and says, "Our friends from Amsterdam who are not our friends from Amsterdam." Um, aye, th- 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 there's a couple of teams that would be tasty, tasty, uh, but. I want on the pitch. I don't. I, I do not want teams to come and enjoy playing at Celtic Park. And we've got to get that balance right, and we've got to actually make sure uh, we get that balance right. Robert Whittle, over the last twelve months, Ibrox has got it now. Uh, I don't think that result last night was any surprise to anybody. As soon yeah, as he scored the first goal, just before half time, so it was yeah. like they've got they're going to overturn this because. The run to the Europa League final proved that their home form got them to that got them to that Europa League final. Yeah, even when they were like last year on the road to the final, when they were losing away from home, I always knew they're, they're going to overturn it at home because when when the crowd are encouraging and egging the players on, the team can go on and do anything. As you can see there, they got to the Europa League final, so we should be doing the same thing in the Champions League next year, trying to push the players on because when there's these bigger teams coming to town the players might have I don't want to say a lack of confidence but they might be thinking oh look at these players that were standing across the park from we should be, the, be trying to push them on to be as loud as we can so we can get those results because we can see when the fans are on side and the players and the fans are in unison the results sort of reflect that mm, definitely uh, who comes in Anthony Ingles tells me that Man United are in the Europa League this season They've, they've maybe got a chance of winning that Europa League. You've got to say that any club for England's got a chance of winning that Europa League. Uh, just to see your drops in for third in the Champions League because there's occasionally some big teams that come down for days like Barcelona. Like us, hopefully. Yeah, like us. Like, like us, hopefully. Um, 
Lubo Maestro, what a great name, with Jimi Hendrix as your avatar. Uh, players would want to experience the unique atmosphere. Celtic can do any anybody at, at Paradise. Lubo, I really want to believe that. But I think that that aura round about Celtic Park has disappeared probably since Gordon Stratton left. I think that was the last time we could get results quite seriously at home against anybody. And that was 15 years ago. I think it was the last time we could we could actually say that Celtic Park was any sort of a focus whatsoever. I remember Bayern Munich coming to Celtic Park, getting an his draw and celebrating as if they had won the Champions League in front of their way support. Would you not say it was the same in Lennon's first tenure? Because we've got the Barcelona result then. Aye, then Juve came and back pocketed us 3 nothing mm, quite right. easily. So that, that's what Lennon dressed up as the godfather over in Turin. They had these mad the Italian outfit on. Uh, I can't remember that, James. <laughs> I can't remember, but yeah, I, I but didn't it, They patched these tracksuit for a nice wee suit on the on the Turin touchline over there against Juventus. Did they? Aye. There you go. What about Stephen Craigham, James, saying that Neil Lennon would be a perfect fit for the uh, for the Motherwell job? I don't know. <laughs> Lennon seems to be enjoying himself in Cyprus. Nice hot weather. He's just got Tom Rogic over with him. What has has he secured that side? I'm not Adam. I'm not Adam Matthews. Is there? Eh? He's bringing all his pals there with him. Nice son. There's surely a tenants bar there somewhere. Lennon will be having a great time over there. <laughs> a tenants bar somewhere, and I really that somebody's. Oh, I, I can't see him. I think it was this. I think it was this Stephen Craig and opening his mouth and letting a smell come out. Truthfully, when he actually yeah, says yeah. that last night, hey, I'm just going. I can't see Neil Lennon going to Motherwell. Uh, they'll, they'll get like Stephen Robinson back or something, or they'll get Paul Lambert or. Kevin Thompson or something. Lambert would be an interesting one because he's always says to us that he wouldn't manage in Scotland. Any yeah, time that he's been... In, he put his uh, name in the heart in the media. A few days. I, don't, I don't know if that was the media-like number himself, but I remember... I think it was, his, I think, I think it was his self actually. Uh, it was his self actually says it, James, eh? Yeah, it was on that um, BBC gossip com. It was them. They were, they were linking him. Can you believe anything the BBC say, though? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. They would like us with Ross Barkley. Well, I was going to speak about their rumours uh, later on. Jonathan Brown. Welcome, Jonathan. Taylor, the new Ralston this year. Early doors, it looks that way. It looks like there's... Taylor already, um, his sort of Ralston moment was the second, the second half of last season because that's when he, after the Bodo Glimp game, I don't know if that sparked a fire in him, but it was absolutely brilliant. He scored against Rangers. It was one of our best performance, best performers consistently. But we always praise Cal McGregor's consistency. And Greg Taylor was putting in a seven and a half out of ten performance on a consistent basis in the run of the title. So you've mm-hmm. got to give him credit where credit's due there. Definitely, and that's what Beach Boys actually says. 
Taylor Fensign was a 100% effort player in a 7 out of 10 most weeks. Under Ange, Taylor is a 100% effort player in 70 to 10 most weeks. This will be interesting. Now, I'm no... I think his performances improved, but I think what we had to realise about Greg Taylor, Greg Taylor was an experienced player when he came to Celtic. He followed probably a generational talent. He, fought, he did follow a generational talent in Kieran Tierney. And I think he actually paid for the reason, the, the, he paid for the fact, the view of him, that he wasn't a Kieran Tierney, which there's no many left backs in Britain and right. Europe that are Kieran Tierney, if, if we're actually being brutally honest. Yeah, here. I feel like that's part of it. And part of it would be the Tierney factor, but you know, there was too many big games where he didn't turn up when you'd want him to. So that's why the fans were crying out for a better player. But it, he's it, shut the critics up. It's completely different playing with Kilmarnock than coming to play with Celtic. Your, your, your job description is utterly different being a Celtic left-back than what it is being a Kilmarnock left-back. And I sometimes don't think... I, I know I don't. You didn't take that into consideration when you sign when you sign guys for other Scottish teams like your David Turnbulls and that. You go that their job description and their team was completely different than coming to Celtic. And when they step on that training field, especially now Poster Coglu's there, mate, they'll be like, oh, "What am I meant to do here?" And there's only a certain type of player will be able to come in and fit in in a like an Ange Poster Coglu Celtic side. And for people last season, well, would Greg? Do, I wouldn't say Anthony Ralston would have. But obviously, he completely has. No, no, nobody would have said that. No, that completely caught everybody off guard. I wouldn't have said Greg Taylor. Well, I, I always thought Greg Taylor was the first choice left back, but he did need competition. That competition's come in. But when you actually look at what he's done in the first two domestic games, you go, ah, he's playing that left back role utterly fantastically. And you're going, it's going to be, it's going to take Burnaby or anybody a long while to take that jersey off him as long as these like performances keep on going to that keep on keep on going to that level. Yeah, I thought uh, Taylor is a, a bit of a limited player. I didn't think he was going to be able to take to the Ange Poster Coglu system. But I think that's a testament to his attitude and his mindset because Ange has always spoke about him and Ralston as some of the best trainers in the team. These are the players who bought into Poster Coglu's ideas before anybody else did. And as you can see from their standing in the team and how sort of how far they've come in the last sort of year and a half. That's just a testament to the players. It's a testament to the player. It's a testament to the player. And Brian Murphy does make a point here. Brian Murphy, Taylor wants to be here. Tierney didn't. First big offer and he was gone. Can we stop talking about Tierney and get behind Taylor who has done really well for us? That was what I was trying to say, Brian. I think I think Taylor's been much maligned unfairly because he wasn't the key in Tierney. And that's what I was trying to pull over. Greg Taylor's here. He signed a new long-term contract, and he could be here for a number of years. Yet he could be another eight, nine, ten season man. And that—that's the way I'm. That's the way I'm looking at Greg Taylor. Paul went to. We played Cluj, and was that was a couple of years ago. Now we played Cluj. Well, the qualifiers are the group stages. The group stages in the Europa League. We played Cluj, and Paul was lucky enough to stay in the team's hotel. Celtic never paid for us to stay in, didn't they pay for Paul to stay in the team's hotel before anybody gets up with any day rumours or anything like that. It just so happened they were staying in the same hotel as the team. I, I know, I know, but that wasn't the case at this point. It's no, it's not the case at all. Um, at this point, what were they, man? So, 
what he actually says was he could actually tell at that point that Scott Brown and Taylor were really, really like popular in the squad. They, they were the jovial ones. They, they were the ones that were keeping the guys all together and all that. And I think that's been, since Brown's left, the amount of like your teammates' questions that you see Celtic TV done, eh? Juranovic and Taylor yeah. always seem to be the two that come out as being popular characters. And it was after Paul told me that, I'm going, I've maybe underestimated Greg Taylor abilities as a footballer. And I backed him for that point because I think it's always important that sometimes you sometimes you learn something that you didn't see because you're not privy to that circle. And it makes more sense when you see when when you're privy to that circle. And Paul seen that, I says, I think Greg Taylor's an important part of that squad. And when Scott Brown left. I think he's proved to be an important part of that squad because he has such a popular, bu- bubbly character like Cal McGregor and stuff like that. Yeah, there's the sort of inside clicks at Celtic. There's sort of the, the sort of core social groups of the squad. Those are the players who usually sort of help to spur everybody else on. The new boys that come in, they're always the first to give them the welcome and make sure they feel comfortable in this Celtic team and this Celtic squad. And those players who are able to keep spirits high when the teams are in its lowest places are going to be the most valuable players to the squad for the seasons going forward because God knows how much they're going to be in the squad when like losses come up. Aye, aye. You, you, you are right there, you are right there. Underwater Cabbage Table, thank you for leaving your comment. That the Greg isn't KT, so he gets picked on nonsense. Greg was poor, that's why he was criticised, nothing else. He was James, you already pointed out he was poor in a couple of games in Europe. Really, really poor in yeah. a couple of games in Europe. Yeah, it's, it's uh, one of the. Isn't one of the other. It isn't. You're either on the Kieran Tierney. He got he got slated because he wasn't Kieran Tierney's side, or you think he was rubbish. It's you can think both. It's I think it's a case of both as well. It's not one or the other for me. I think the games in Europe, as you says, we were a poor side. He actually appeared. He, he was playing in a poor side. In Europe, well, the Bodo Glunt game, I, I, I still didn't care what to make of that Bodo Glunt game. Did it just come too early for us? Was Ange Postacoglu actually interested in it when you actually no, look at the was, setting? It was a complete anomaly, anomaly in the context of the season, considering we were just off the back of absolutely hammering Rangers, perhaps the most influential the turning point game of the season. We hadn't lost domestically since like September or October. And then that game happened. But domestically... We still sort of carried on, apart from the, the Scottish Cup semi-final. We just carried on how we were in court. It was the outlier of the season, which no one can really explain. For me, uh, the games that Greg Taylor was poor in Europe, apart from the Bodo Glunt ones, were when we were basically like an abandoned traffic cone in Europe, but games against like Fenis Varos and... and Leverkusen at home, I thought it, it wasn't really at his best, that one, but no one was at their best that game. The, 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 was it 4-0 or 4-1? Again, that scoreline didn't... Ref- for me, that scoreline didn't actually reflect yeah. the, the, the actual no, game. So many good chances. The Kyogo had a really good few if we took those. Uh, the, the score could have been very, very different. But he does encouraging signs. And always goes back to that game. As we did get absolutely hammered, but you guys, the squad can see there's encouraging signs here. So as long as we build up on this for the future games, then we're absolutely sorry and hopefully we build upon Europe last season for this season just as we were talking about earlier 
Aye, aye, this is, we'll get into this, we will get into this, so let's have a wee look. Jerry Coyle was one of the earlier commenters as well, cheers Jerry, thanks for the comment, and he agreed with Crash Awesome about how we've there's this myth at pedals that we see players are rubbish and we say that they're good, and then we always try to say that we always, we always supported them, we know that's not the case, but what Jerry actually points out, it's a football fan trait. How many football fans do you know go at? He is absolutely rubbish. Then go at that. I've always supported him when the guy does well. Mm. I'll put my hands up with Yakamakis. I've told you the story about Yakamakis. I called him a big utter coup against Livingston. I'm happy to be admitted wrong. I'm sure that's a football, fa- football fan's way. I just didn't about Yakamakis because he got injured before anybody could really say anything, before anybody could really make a judgment call. So I was like, oh, we'll just wait until he gets back. And then he gets back and he plays absolutely phenomenal. I feel like it's football fans are allowed to change their opinions if the circumstances change. If a player's rubbish, you can say he's rubbish. If a player gets better, you can say the player gets better. As long as you acknowledge that before, you weren't the biggest fan. Aye, definitely. But it's not like it's not a it's not something that you should get tell to put your finger on a sharpener for and actually start turning it. Eh? It's no torture. You shouldn't shouldn't get tortured for changing your opinion, I don't think. Imagine you thought Kieran Tierney had a poor debut and then you you were told you've got to hold that opinion for the rest of Kieran Tierney's career. Now he's at Arsenal now and you've still got to hold it to that opinion. That you you called him rubbish with his debut. Aye. Keith Oden, Oakton, sorry mate. I think Greg Taylor's an intelligent player and he's learned a lot from Ange. He'll go from strength to strength. Let's have a look. We look Monty. I'll leave, I'll leave the last word about Greg Taylor to Monty. I'm happy to admit that the first I was really critical of Greg Taylor. I think Taylor has got better. The question is, can we do better in Taylor? That's my I think we can. I, I think Burnaby's still bedding in. I don't yeah. think we can judge uh, Burnaby. We, no, we can't judge anybody that's judging Burnaby on what. Hope we've actually you, you, seen you judge them against sort of random teams in Austria that we played in pre-season. You can't really judge them off anything. There. The only sort of thing you can look at right now is the fact that he hasn't played. He's not been able to get into the squad for these sort of first two games of the season. So hopefully he'll get some more game time as the season goes on. But I think he will eventually take Greg Taylor's position just because I think he's signed to be a player that we can sell in the future. I think a lot of the Scottish players we signed they're going to stick around for the long run. I know Kieran Tierney kind of bucked that trend, but I think a lot of the Scottish players we have are going to be there for the long run. But when you're signing a player from Argentina, they're, they don't really know how big Celtic is until they play for them. Like That's kind of going off topic here, but when people were annoyed that Kieran Tierney left, I got that because he was given the, I'm a Celtic fan, I'm a Celtic fan. But when players like Edward and I are leave, it's like, these guys... Celtic isn't the be-all end-all of their career. They're not Celtic fans. They're just here to go sort of, as high up as they possibly can. The Premier League was ultimately where they went. Aye. Right. Donny boy, you need to explain this to us, mate. Is there a softening of the stance? You usually favoured Monty regarding Taylor and Star Wars. Who mentioned Star Wars? I don't know, Ken, where are you coming from there? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Can you come back in, Donny, and, and explain what you mean by this, the Star Wars quote? Craig M comes in and says, we actually played really well against Leverkusen. Uh, it's on the book, so it's a 4 nothing on home defeat. Uh, so we, we can't really argue that, but I think there was a lot I think there was a lot of good stuff that night. 
Encouraging signs. Uh, Craig Hazel, hail hail for the poolside in Lanzarote. I bet it's just as warm here, Craig, the day than, than it is at the poolside at Lanzarote. And the last one that I'm going to bring up, Strange Love the Doctor, before we move on. Champions League draw, he wants Real Madrid, Liverpool, Sport and Lisbon. That's a you want, you want us to finish as the worst team in Champions League history? Uh, I'd rather we got some some easier easier teams there. Ah, who knows? Eh? I don't think there's any easy teams when you actually have a look. Eh, there's more favourable teams. There is, mate. Not easy teams, but there's teams I'd rather get than Real Madrid. There's teams I'd rather get than Liverpool. Sort of in those pots. Ah, uh, I'm getting told that for Brian Walsh. That Donny meant Starfield, no Star Wars. So <laughs> that, 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 that makes more sense, no Donny. There, there we go. Right, the three things, the lazy journalism that I say is the three things uh, to write down what we've learned about Celtic so far. Uh, one of them, my first one was, we will give teams hope against us. I think we've seen it in the last two games. You've had Johnny Hayes' chance and we allowed Ross County back into the game very easily when they should never have been in the game. We should have been well out of sight against Aberdeen and Ross County. We will give teams hopes against us. We will give teams chances in games where we really should be out of sight. I'm not too sure. I think this is just sort of early doors and you're forgetting that we've not had sort of Carl Starfelt in the defence either. I don't think we're going to give up as many chances when we've, we've got the sort of solid and settled defence that we had in the first place. There's still we're still in the transfer window. There's still sort of other things that can happen around the team. The team's still getting settled for this season. I think we can, we can sort of make a judgment call on that maybe after a few more games. But right now, I think it's probably a bit too early to call that. And I'm just going with what I've seen. I saw us like basically like against Ross County. They they were they hadn't been across the park. They get one corner kick, bang! It's in the back of the net, and you're that sitting there going. Uh, it's typical last season as well. At that Those point, at that point, my stream had went down, and I had to go back on Radio mm. Scotland, and I'm like, how did how's this it ended up one each? What I was what I was watching, uh, I says, what, what I was watching, I says Ross County were never in this game. Then you've got the Johnny Hayes miss, and then we've got Joe Hart's fabulous save at one each. And I'm going, we're going to give teams hope against us, and there's going to be times where we won't when we won the out out like outscore teams, but we're going to give up chances and we're going to give teams hope that if it's one nothing after 60, 65 minutes, that they are going to get one chance against us. I, and I, I think, think that's some, I think that's something that we need to actually just admit is going to happen. If you look at the other side of the coin, though, and you look at the amount of chances we're missing as well, how about when we start scoring these chances? We're going to start blowing teams out of the water. I think there's Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. 
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A lot more to come from Celtic in an attacking sense than there's sort of a lot more goals to be conceded. Our defensive stance. I think we've, we've got a lot. We've got a lot more to come as far as goals are concerned. Robert Little, you're spot on, Kev. If Joe Hart doesn't make that save at one 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 against County, I don't think we take three points when the game should have been done. That 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 is completely for me. That's completely true. And Michael McDonald, we've all get into the Oasis podcast eventually. Michael, I know that you ask that every time that I'm on. Uh, things we've learned, Joe Hart can make saves what he has left. Want to come what I found funny, James? Like, folk gone, Joe Hart made a save as if the Celtic goalie's not allowed to make saves. That's what your goalkeeper's there for. Your goalkeeper's there to make saves. I think we've just the been used to seen the years, the years as well. We had to endure a year of a Silas Barcast, so... Uh, I think that I celebrate Joe Hart making his saves. I would quite enjoy that. Well, I remember the, was it was one of the European games last season when Joe Hart made a double save, and the cheer yeah, was just uh, the cheer was the just as loud. Was the first it was the first game the entire crowd was there. It was Jablonets on the three 0 game. I think we were three 0 up at the time as well. Just to see a goalkeeper making a making a save was just enough to get the crowd off their feet. That's I know. the sort of state we were in last year. But then, that's just... Again, that's just PTSD, isn't it, for the season that we had before with Barkas and Bain. I mean, before that, we had big Fraser Foster for a, a number of seasons as well. Then Craig Gordon, who was a fantastic goalkeeper for us. This... this, this um, like view that Celtic have had bad goalkeepers has probably not been the case in the last decade anyway because we've had Foster Gordon and apart from Barkas apart from the Barkas blip and now we've got Joe Hart eh? so I think we've always been quite fine but we're not going back to the days when you had Gordon Marshall Kidanoni was a goalkeeper he was just he was a he was a hairdresser Kidanoni was a goalkeeper in part time see we're not we're not as bad as that. Yeah, it was just it was just sort of barcast. Even even Craig Gordon was sort of liable to add a sort of lapse in judgment. You just got to look at some of the European games, for example. But you, most most goalkeepers have a mistake in them. Even Allison at Liverpool is pretty prone to a mistake. So I think you can't really not goalies too much for things like that. Definitely, David Ferguson. This point out when I say we'll give teams hope. Did we not score an R two goals? I we did, David, and but. The point that I'm trying to make there is like, I think teams will have a look at us and know 
fine well they can get a scalping, but they'll always know there's a chance there. They'll always know that they can maybe take a chance for a set play or something like that. And I would rather teams had no hope against us whatsoever after 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, you can't you can't really get that every single game, really, especially this early on in the season. We're not we're not going to be able to exactly have a ten out of ten performance every single time at this sort of point in the season. Pat O, Gordon Marshall, darn the hair, do we care? <laughs> do you know, do you know, James? This is before your time that Gordon Marshall used to cut the players' hair. He, he, he was a barber to trade. He was a barber to trade. Scott Howe, Barcast now runs a successful kebab merchants at Springburn. There we go. I, I thought he was at, is it, it was somewhere in Holland, was he not? What other things have you learned so far this season, James? Well, the things I've learned, my first sort of thing I've learned from this season is well, I've got strength and depth all across the board. I think this is the best prepared. Celtic have been for a season in years. You would think the sort of seasons where we're going to be playing Champions League qualifiers, Celtic would be as best prepared as we possibly can. But the one season that the team actually does look ready a couple of weeks before the season starts is a season where we've got Champions League group stage football. I mm-hmm. think you've just got to look at the strength and depth. Stephen Welsh came in for Carl Starfield against Aberdeen. For me, he was the man of the match. I thought he was absolutely brilliant when he stepped in, even in pre-season as well. And then look at the Ross County game last weekend. Moritz Jens steps in because Welsh and Starfield are out and he scores basically the winning goal. And I thought he put in a fairly solid performance as well. There's a lot of strength all across the board. You've got Giacomacus as a backup to Kyogo, arguably two of the best strikers in Scotland. It's, there's so much quality all across the board. It's only going to serve us well for the rest of the season. Uh, aye, it's going to it's going to serve well for the rest for the rest of the season. And Big Jens is on the eye test, which was all I could give him against Ross County, and it's not actually I haven't actually seen him like in the flesh yet. I've only actually seen him on the telly. He looked comfortable on the ball, far more comfortable than what Starfelt looks on the ball. And he, he was able to break the lines sort of IR-esque um, on, on the game on Saturday. And I, again, that's just a first impression, that he was quite comfortable taking the ball over the halfway line. And it looked like Cameron Carter-Vickers was very comfortable taking the ball over the halfway line as well against Ross County. Uh, and you're, you're, going to, you're going to need to get, uh, you're, we're going to need our centre-halves to do that, James against the number of teams yeah. that are going to sit deep against us, eh? Um, but I thought it was an impression. I don't think Starfield was too bad at playing out from the back either. He only really sort of struggled at the start of last season when he was a relatively new player. The only sort of moments you would see him get caught out was when there would be sort of a loose back pass to the goalkeeper. A loose pass out and then Starfield sort of pinned in the corner under a bit of pressure. That's the only sort of thing you would see unfold. I think he's fairly solid playing out from the back. I think, for me, I always says we needed a ball playing centre half because I didn't think Cameron Vickers, Carter Cameron Vickers was good enough last season. Uh, and I didn't think Starfelt was good enough last season playing the ball for the back. And that was one of the things that I wanted to see improved. Whether that internal improvement's going to come, I think basically I've, I've been... 
I think Cameron Carter-Vickers looks more comfortable now with the game plan. A, f- a full pre-season, that the fact that he's here at Celtic permanently, he, look, he looks more comfortable taking the ball taking the ball forward. And I just seem to have what it looked like for Stephen Welsh and also Jens, it looked more a comfortable part of their game, taking the ball forward than what it looked for Carl Starfelt last season. What I've got, I haven't got any problem with Carl Starfelt whatsoever. I think the problem that Carl Starfelt's got this season is the fact that he's missed the whole pre-season and he's already behind Welsh and and, and Jens in the pecking order, mainly because of fitness. And I understand there's a couple of behind-closed-doors games to try and get these guys up to speed, but it will be interesting to see when Celtic judge Carl Starfelt to be up to speed whether he gets back into the side, because as you say, both him and Cameron Carter-Vickers had a great partnership last season. Yeah, conceded the least amount of goals in the league. Just another point there, I thought, and that might be a bit controversial, but I thought Stephen Welsh was a lot better playing out for the back in that Aberdeen game against, I would say, tougher opposition than Maurice Jens was against Ross County. Stephen Welsh was really helping, because he was a lot quicker with it, I thought. Helped him to attack a lot faster. So I think if I was given the choice as to who plays in the next game at centre-back, if Starfield isn't sort of fit and first-team ready, I, I would be playing Stephen Welsh over Maurice Jens. We go to, we, we go to Rugby Park, artificial pitch on, on, on Sunday. If Welsh is fit, I would be bringing Welsh back in. Yeah, uh, I would just, be, just, 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 just because of the... Uh, just just because of the circumstances and the nature of where we're going, what I, what I would say is, uh, what what I would actually say is, I do think it looks more uh, an easier part of the game for Welsh and Jens than what it did look for Starfield mm. uh, at, at this point. And Lanky's quite right. Lanky is absolutely superb. Uh, Lanky sixty seven is, is absolutely spot on here. Starfield was superb in the second half of last season. He kept he outplayed Cameron Carter-Vickers a few times. His headers from set plays kept us in the game. I thought yeah. Starfelt's last man defending was awesome to, yeah. towards yeah. the end of last yeah. season. There were some moments where he saved the team because of how much a kind of tight he was defending from set pieces and defending crosses. I can't remember if... I don't know if it was the 1-1 game against Rangers or if it was a game against Hearts or something, but... It was the 2-1 game away to Hearts, I think. If, if, if that's game I'm thinking, remembering correctly, he was absolutely brilliant. He really sort of held the team, kept the team going. He, he's a great last-ditch last defender, when, but he puts his body on the line, in which you need. It's, it's a great problem to have, an absolutely fantastic problem. Uh, uh, it's, it's a great problem to have that we've yeah, got three centre-halves. Uh, Brown Warrior comes in superb last three games he gave the ball directly to attackers when there's an easier pass on blinkers on is that Starfell or Welsh you're speaking about there Brown Warrior if you come back in then we'll then, then we'll answer your point we'll, 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 discuss, we'll, we'll discuss your point what other thing you learned about Celtic this season James I've got I feel like it's been a major talking point for, from Celtic fans, especially after the Ross County game. 
I think Jota playing off the left is the way forward. I don't know what that means for Dyson Maid in the Celtic squad, where his sort of standard is if he becomes a backup player. Because I want Maidan around there. I think he brings a lot to the Celtic team. But I think Jota off the left and bad off the right could be the way forward from now on. You see, every sort of contribution he's had so far has been playing from the left-hand side. The goal against Aberdeen, that absolutely rocket came from him coming in off the left. His hat-trick of assists against Ross County, everything that we've been praising this season is when he's been playing on the left-hand side. I think, I think again, we're only basing this on a small sample size that we've got to say that Jota on the left-hand side has worked. Um, it has definitely worked. I mean, he's the two assists and his goal, and and two assists and the goals that he's actually scored that have worked. You can even to look that, to last season as well, though. When Jota was sort of at the peak of his powers, I would say that was sort of between September and November before he got that injury. I would say that was Jota playing at his best that season, and he was playing off the left. Mm-hmm. Which you can look at that if you want in sort of a larger sample size. I think. Jota off the left is the best way forward. If it means you have to sacrifice Maida playing sort of regularly in the first team, that's it might just need to be the way it has to be. I like Maida, but I don't think he's that good on the left that he should force Jota out on the right and sort of nullify Jota. But if Maida's going to be in the team, you could you can even try him on the right because I think Maida's right foot. So if Maida's played on the right, he can get crosses off a lot quicker as well. I think if you're going by current form, then Abada comes in. Because I thought he made a difference on Saturday when he actually came on. I have re- re-watched the game and I thought he actually made a difference. I, I've seen a slight difference in Abada's play. And again, this is one of the internal improvements I think he's more direct now. He's willing to actually go past a fullback, whereas towards last season he wasn't really. And he just wanted it so he could run on it. He never really liked taking someone on. Taking somebody on it. It looks like he's been told, by the way, you can knock it past guys and and get on the other side of it. And I think the improvement in, in Jota has been phenomenal. I didn't expect that sort of leap that we've seen in the two two domestic games so so far. Um, but it's been utterly astonishing but as you say it's came for the left hand side and if you're actually being factual and based in reality you've got to say Jota's got to play on the re- on, on the left and we've got to look on the, uh, got to look at getting somebody else on the right hand side and that, yeah, at I the moment that's got to be a badder uh, Callum Hardy made a shot on the right if he's fit what he brings to the team is mm-hmm. his pace, his hard work and fast crosses if he's right footed, he can get the crosses off quicker. That's uh, you should really look to give it a go because of how attacking we are. It's only going to make us even stronger. Definitely, Callum Hardy comes in. Hardy played Jota and Abada. The pressing intensity drops a bit. That that probably backs up your point about Maeda there. But then they do swap wings very very often. Uh, during the game, you, you actually do see that he does. I, I, I don't know if Maeda's is when you see all the goals that he scored in Japan, it was always from the left wing. Eh? I think he's a major part in the way that Posta Coglu wants to play. So it's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks yeah. what what actually what actually happens. And, and the lads towards the end of the week and Laura will preview the the Kilmarnock game 
on, on Sunday, and I'm sure they'll actually discuss that. What I've learned from Celtic during this season is so far is we blew our budget quite early on, and now we're waiting to see what happens with Rangers in Europe and what comes up with bigger clubs and the players that they're, that, that they're willing to go, willing to let out on loan. Um, that, that result last week, last night means that Rangers have got an extra £5 million gate money and prize money. And there'll be guys in the Celtic boardroom this morning absolutely distraught that that's absolutely happened because the way that they work, that means that they'll need to try and find another £5 million of money to try to keep themselves in, in ahead of Rangers. I know that's the way that they work. They will be looking at stuff like that. They will go, well, well that, that probably means that Rangers can actually go out and strengthen now. Well, that means that we might need to as well. That's the way that they'll. That's the way that they'll look at it. I think all, all summer we were talking about how Ange coming in has changed Celtic's transfer philosophy. So we, we can't really go back and see that Celtic are back to their old ways after we've gone on about how Ange has changed the philosophy the entire time he's been here. I think that there's been a real change in Celtic's where we've been scouting and the amount of money we've been spending. I don't know if that's just because of the size of the rebuild we had to do. But I think I think I'd like to think those times are in the past where it's just just being better than Rangers is enough for Celtic. But we'll, we'll just need to wait and see. I'm not, I'm not denying that Ange Postacoglu has changed the way that we work. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, I'm, I'm not denying that completely. What I'm actually now saying, I'm sure Poster Colgate doesn't actually pay any attention to what's happening to our rivals. That he's, as he says, he's just he just cares about our garden. But the guys who do the budgets, the guys who give Ange Poster Colgate money to spend, how many weeks now is Ange Poster Colgate saying we're looking to bring one or two more in, and nobody's actually arrived. No, no, nobody's actually arrived. But we've got to the, we've got into we've got into the stage now of the transfer window that I call Peter Wall time, right? Which was we would wait to see where the dice would land before we decided whether we whether we would actually gamble or twist or not. And I think we're back at that point. You look at you look at the guys that we we are being linked with. Some of them are absolutely fanciful. Like Daily Alley this morning and Ross Barkley. The, the Premier League sort of looking for a last payday, sort of a last. Well, I've not worked in England. Maybe I can go to Scotland and I can get regular football there. I don't really buy into those. So every time I see one of those stories, I know immediately that it's all the rubbish. 
I, I know immediately they're going to go to another Premier League team. That's just usually the way it works. I mean, the deal, if folk are coming in, and I'm going to answer Jonathan Brown, eh, he agrees with me. Kev, forget about, about them, it's all about us. I don't care what they do, but I know for a fact that there's folks sitting in our boardroom actually do. The old firm is alive and well. We kept them alive. And there will be guys sitting in that boardroom the day where we spreadsheet. They will have a spreadsheet of Rangers finances or propose what they think Rangers finances actually are. And we'll go, that's £5 million they didn't expect to get. That's £5 million they haven't budgeted for. We'll need to factor that into of our planning, what we're going to do for the rest of this transfer window to actually keep our, keep ourselves ahead, monetary ahead of Rangers. I don't agree with it, but that's the way that we work. And the change of CEO will not have changed that mindset in the boardroom. It will not have changed that mindset in the boardroom that they just want to be like an inch ahead of Rangers every single season. So they would have been gutted at that result last night from a monetary point of view. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd just like to think that we're by that point. I mean, last season, as I was saying, we don't know if it's just because we needed a response. Like when we lost 2-2, well, we drew 2-2, but then we lost on penalty to Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final. That was humiliating. And then we acted the next summer. We got Brendan Rodgers and we brought all these big signings in. I don't know if it's just because we had the humiliation of losing 10 in a row that we had to act and we needed a response. So that's why we went all out. But I, I just hope that we're, we're sort of by those times. This is sort of a new era for Celtic. I would hope so, but I don't think it is. Uh, AJSC Technology makes the comment, any sensible business has to monitor the finances or forecast financial other competitors. It's essential that we measure and forecast where they are at in financial terms. I think that's been a noose round our neck for the last 10 years. Uh, that And David Ferguson, Kev, our finances have nothing to do with them. You're talking nonsense. Both of them are point, Both of them are, are great points of views. AJSC's there and David's are, are great point of views. I just believe if you look at history, what history teaches us about the way Celtic budget, we will be looking across there and going, right, what are we going to do now? How are we going to make up the money that they've just made? I mean, because if Rangers get put out in the next round, right, we get an extra three million quid. We get an extra three million pound. We get an extra three million pound uh, uh, prize money. That is that is guaranteed. So we're no budgeting for that three million pound coming to us now. But next week or the week after, whenever the playoff games actually were, if we get that three million pound into the coffers, will that go to Hans Postacoglu? Does that mean is that the difference? Is that the difference between another loan deal or or, or somebody or getting some dates further down the list? That's the stage, for me, that's the stage of the transfer window that we're in at the moment. We're in this waiting and seeing stage. We're waiting to see whose clubs, what clubs are, what players' clubs are willing to let go. And we're also waiting to see what our final budget's going to be, be before the end of August. You sure it's that? You sure they're not just looking at our squad and saying, oh, look, we've, there wasn't really much work that needed to be done. Usually... We're having to act quick and get some sort of get get this loan done really quickly because we've not got Champions League football and Odds and Edwards left because we're not got it. 
there's usually a sort of situation like that, but the Champions League football is guaranteed. It, unless these Yanovich rumours are led to be believed, it doesn't really seem like anyone's going to be going out the door. So I, I think it's just, we've got no reason to act. The squad is strong. There's not really anywhere we can improve where we'd have to justify the amount we'd be spending unless you're looking at maybe a backup defensive midfielder. So I think it's just, with the state the squad's in, there's not really, load. we can't really justify spending so much money because you're not really going to improve the position we have for the amount of money that we would spend. Aye, I get you there. We, we spent our money early. We spent the budget early then. After this, after that point, we're now, it's folk getting, uh, it's, we're waiting to try and get guys off the wage bill. So it depends. I, I uh, I, I I don't know what the club think about the standard of the squad, whether they need to cut the wage bill, get the wage bill down, or whether Ange Postacoglu wants a smaller size, what's a smaller what size squad or anything like that. That'll come over the next couple of weeks when we actually see what players will, will leave. We're sitting here just now waiting on players leaving. We're sitting here just now waiting and seeing players leaving, what players are available with clubs and what our final budget is actually going to be for the playing side. That's, for me, that's where we are and that's why there's really, really nothing happening and we're getting linked by the guy for Barcelona. I think that's alone. a positive link though, I think. I think it's a positive link as well, but it's a loan deal. Good player we could get. But I think Barcelona, I think they renewed his contract for another year, so it doesn't. It was supposed to expire next summer, but they've renewed it, so it'll expire the summer. It's summer after. So if we were to get him on loan, we could still get him for a cut price deal. Because I can't imagine Barcelona will have got rid of all their debts that they're in. And Barcelona will still be in a very vulnerable place, which feels crazy to say considering the size of the club Barcelona are. So I think you would still be able to get him for a sort of cut price deal that would be affordable for Celtic if we were looking to sign them. Aye, I mean, it's a, it's a decent link, but then what, what we've got to actually have a, a look at is 23. Um, he's, he's 23. Barcelona have probably just extended his contract so they can get a deal for him for someday. Uh, aye, I'm interested in that. I'm not interested in that. That's probably the type of deal that we will get between now and the end of the season. It will be a young player on loan. And yeah. hopefully we, hopefully we are, are an option to buy. It's reminded uh, me a lot of Jota as well. When Jota was at Benfica, he sort of hadn't really had a look in the first team. Whenever he'd went out on a loan, it hadn't really worked. But he'd played so well at sort of the under-21, under twenty sort of youth level that Everybody knew the potential that was there. He just needed somewhere to realise it. So uh, if Celtic can be the place where it realises potential, then I don't see why not. Hopefully we can do the same with Collado because there's so many sort of comparisons that can be made with him and Jota. Not that they look alike as well. <laughs> Aye, it's interesting. It's obviously that we're looking at bringing in guys for a, for a forward position because of the guys that we are being linked with. Uh, I'm going to bring up this one. Paul comes in. Some rubbish today. Ah, you're right, mate. There has been a hell of a lot of rubbish came out of my mouth today. Um, I'm, 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 not, I'm not bored about that. Um, rumours. Let, let's talk about the rumours. In the last tour, it's been rumoured that 
Josip Juranovic is attracting the attention of Chelsea Football Club. Now, I believe that this rumour is has the rancid stench of spew on a late night bus. Uh, I do not believe anything w- will come of this. Josip Juranovic to Chelsea. I just can't see the move happening. But what I what I am believing now is I think there's somebody actively trying to uh, sell Josip Juranovic. And I'm not saying it's a club and I'm not saying it's his agent, but I believe that there's somebody actively trying to get Josip Juranovic out of Celtic. So maybe, was, not, maybe, maybe not to Chelsea, probably not to Chelsea having a look at who they've got in that position, but there's somebody definitely agitating for a move and it might not be the player either. <laughs> well, it was Graham Bailey of 90 Minute Football who was reporting it. I'm not too familiar with him, so I don't know where he sort of lies in the reliability scale. But I'm more sort of waiting to see. If, if David Ornstein covers it of the Athletic, then, you know, there is some substance there because he's, cause he's always bang on. But I don't see... It's only going to be a, a detriment to Ivanovic if he goes to either of the two clubs he was linked with. At Atletico Madrid, I would, I would understand because I think he would get football there. But Manchester United, I know the two full-backs aren't very good but they have spent 50 million on Juan Bissaka and they've got Diogo Dallo there as well Chelsea have got Azpilicueta and one of the best right backs in the world in Reese James Juranovic we all know how good he is but he's not he's not going to get a look in so I think it would be smart for him to stay at Celtic let his value go up and there's only going to be more eyes on him after the Champions League and playing at a World Cup so it, it would be smart for him to stick around it would be smart for him to stick around, and he and he said all the right things, James. Eh, but it was early in the transfer window. We had the link to Atletico Madrid. Now we're getting to the witching hour of the transfer window, and all of a sudden you've got big Premiership clubs being interested. And as people are saying in the comments, probably quite right. It's either the press or the media or his agent is doing a very good agent job, yeah, trying is. to trying to get trying to get him the signing on fee. Yeah, I do, I do believe. I do believe, and this is just me, this is just my opinion, um, I, I, this is just my opinion, I do believe that we'll have more rumours about Josip Juranovic between now and the end of August. From, from my sanity, I'd rather just sort of kept it, kept it to the low, but I, I think they could just be doing it for clicks because it's everybody knows how big the Premier League clubs are nowadays. Chuck Chelsea and Man United in a headline. Chelsea and Man United fans, don't forget, those are the two fan bases that are desperate for signings. Those two fan bases are crying out for signings because they don't think their board are doing enough. So if you like them with anybody, the fans will latch on it like a beat of flower. They'll, they'll, they'll take it as fast as possible. So I, I think it could just be clickbait. Well, I'm hoping it's clickbait. I don't know if I'm trying to convince myself rather than the masses, but yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Brown Warriors tell, tells us that Greg Taylor's going to go to PSG. Uh, Johnny Ryan says that's what agents do Kev aye it is what agents do but then it gets us all talking about it it gets us all worried but also gets other clubs interested and the agent is doing the agent's job there and I'm just worried that there's there's somebody somewhere actively trying to move Josip Juranovic on from Celtic and we all know that the club if we get KT type money 
will bite. They will bite. And, yeah. and if the right money comes in, then I could see Celtic sell them this window. But the thing is, is Celtic's sort of valuation the right price the same as other clubs? Other clubs have got money. Chelsea have just got Todd Bully and who's splashing the cash like there's no tomorrow. Man United mm-hmm. are desperate for players. Will these clubs pay the cash? Hopefully, we should be trying to get as much money out of these players as we possibly can. I've seen a couple of points on Twitter about how Chelsea just paid £62 million for Mark Cucurea from Brighton, who has one cap for Spain. They overpaid, overpaid heavily. So if we've seen how ridiculous they've been in the transfer market, and we are looking to sell, which is highly unlikely they are looking to sell, but we should be trying to get every ounce of money out of Chelsea that we possibly can. Aye, we should. We should be telling them to bolt, but come back with an absolute, like, scary offer. You'll have to come back with a scary offer because, as David Ferguson, I've brought you up quite a lot today, David. You've made a lot of good points. It's getting too late to be selling Jai Jai and, and bring in JJ and bring in another right back. I mean, we all, we all love Tony Ralston now, but have we got another right back at the club that can actually... I think, I think Celtic would be sort of scouting these positions anyway, just in the anticipation that someone were to leave. If you have it just getting linked to all these clubs, I'd like to think Celtic have got a couple of backup plans. So just in the background, they'll be working on it along with the sort of real first-team targets. There will be, and it's probably going to be, if JJ did leave, at this point in the window, it's more than likely to be a loan deal that would actually come in as cover. Uh, Ridiculous, I'm going to leave the last comment of the day to him. Does Kent come for free with JJ? Still in his back pocket, be all accounts. It is a buy one, get one free. Ridiculous. It is a buy one, get one free deal. If you get if you buy Josip Juranovic, you do get Ryan Kent for Keyhaw. Right, James, you've made a lot of good points today, I haven't. I'm quite happy about that. <laughs> that's why you're a that's why you're a student journalist and I'm just an imbecile. Lads, thank you for commenting, liking. You've been great today. Um State of Minds having a wee launch, having a gig at, at PJ Malloy's at Dunfermline on Friday night. I will be performing a spoken word set to open up the evening, so get along. Cheers, mate. Cheers. So get along, shout abuse at me, meet me, tell me I'm an idiot, do what you want. Eh? But if you're in the area, please get along. It would be absolutely fantastic to see you. The last few tickets are left, so it's going to be a great night. So hope to see some of you there. If I didn't see some of you there, I'll see you all again next week. Hail, hail, and remember, don't be bams to each other. Eh? Cheers. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is a 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.